This is the final episode of season one of I Wrote You a Pilot. It took me a little while to get this guy out because uh, since the TV hotshots still haven't noticed my immense talent, I had to take on some additional jobs. And for that, I apologize to you, the audience. Although if you really cared, I think maybe, maybe you would have kicked down the doors of television by now and gotten me a show. I don't know. That's just, that's just my thoughts. Anyways, my guest today is Josh Mahan, a friend and former roommate of mine who just happens to be a professional animator and art director. His commercial clients include Cartoon Network, NBC, Oxygen, TBS, Marvel, Vice, and Hasbro, and he also recently served as the art director on season two of Adult Swim's The Shivering Truth. He's also been the lead animator on notable film projects such as Bartleby, I Believe in Unicorns, and The Grave of St. Olaf. So, you know, we're, we're, both, we're both doing pretty well. Uh, we talk about his love of shows where the main character can't understand the actions of others, and then we go on a rip-roaring sci-fi adventure in the pilot I wrote for him entitled Josh 18. It's a pilot, wrote you a pilot, a pilot I wrote for you. I don't want to do the podcast AJ. Gosh, that's the whole thing. That's the whole show. I know. <laughs> How long have you been in California, Josh? Me and son moved to uh, Oakland in, it was in the aught teens. Mm-hmm. Wait, that's, that's not how you say that. No. <laughs> but it should be. No, it's wrong. It's still a zero, like aught zero. You don't have to pander to me, AJ. Well, no, you're, you know, you're my end, Josh. It's about making good with people and then they give you jobs. Oh, yeah. I got a job for you to do. Okay. What is that job? Uh, I want you to be in this pilot I wrote. No, I'm oh, just wait, No, that's what I do, Josh. <laughs> Damn you. AJ, are we doing a good job at podcasting? You're supposed to have a meandering conversation, I think. is. Oh, weird. I know. I, I know. I know how it goes. I've listened to podcasts. Good. But when you're working with someone as talented as me, it just will naturally, the conversation will work exactly how you want. Yeah. You you're you're an actual you you've you've had stuff on TV, Josh. I guess that's true. I haven't seen it on TV. Like we don't get the channels that my shows have been on. Uh huh. Have, have there been multiple shows that you've worked on? Because I know Shivering Truth, you had a like art director role. Is that right? Uh yeah, that's it. All right, and that other stuff has been more <laughs> film. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah. If you were in the biz, AJ, you'd know that people call everything shows. Oh, my bad. Did you work on the first season at all? How'd you become part of the Shivering Truth? Nobody knows. (laughs) It's not really something we're allowed to speak about. Okay. NDAs and whatnot? No, no, no. Um, I just uh, met the director through a friend and we got along really well. Oh man, it is. I guess it's it's like they say, Hollywood. It's a small world. Yeah, you got to so, fall in line with those TV hotshots. Disneyland also uh, posits this, but I don't think it's a, only referring to Hollywood. All right. Well, let's talk about the television that you like. One I of the, don't remember what I wrote down. Uh, so, Curb Your Enthusiasm. Oh yeah, that's a good show. You still like that show, right? Okay. Got yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, Flea Bag. Another. Yeah, that was good. It's it was short, but. It, right. it was good. Okay. And uh, then the third show you listed that you sent over Instagram was It's Bruno. 
Oh, so you did look at some of the ones on Instagram. Yeah, I just wasn't going to look at all of them. Well, it's Bruno. It is a good show also, but I don't know what's happening. They might never get another season. It's unclear. I, that's the show I had not seen uh, before you recommended it. Did you watch it? Or yeah, not? it's not. I watched it all because they're short episodes. Yeah, they're real short. It's a real quick. You could burn through the whole thing. Right. All, all of the shows that you listed, or at least of those three, all the characters are kind of, uh, they don't fall in with social norms very easily. Yeah, I guess so. Is that the connecting tissue there? That's what I saw. I mean, it's true. I also think that, like, generally it's, like, about how difficult it is to figure out what all these other people are doing. Uh-huh. And why. And that results in not following with the social norms. Yeah, I guess. Are you, it's you, trying to figure it out and deciding it's wrong. Because at the end of the day, most of them are still trying, like, they end up pretty set in their ways about, like, what they think should be happening. Well, yeah. I mean, that's because they're probably right. Ah. You're, you're an animator and an art director as a career. So but far. You, yeah, you didn't list any animated shows in the three that I looked at. Yeah, a lots of animated shows um, are for young children and other or t- tweens. Some of those I do like, like you know, Adventure Time. Um, but those aren't stop motion, so I feel like I shouldn't list a show that's not in my exact line of work. Uh, and the only show that the only stop motion show that's like I think is really interesting, I worked on. So then that sounds like I'm just like tooting my own horn uh so i didn't list that one either well it's a good one i've watched that one yeah it's all right cat is a great director good good plug gotta keep those connections (laughs) (laughs) it's how that's how things work right yeah don't say people's whole names and and only say positive things oh yeah yeah exactly like, if I was just like, oh, me and David go way back, you'd be like, which David? Oh, my God, was it David Schwimmer? And then you'll think I know David Schwimmer, and you'll be impressed. Josh, do you know David Schwimmer? No, no, no. I don't even know anyone named David that I can think of. <laughs> All right. I think uh, we probably talked enough. Uh, I'll cut something together from that. You want to you you do the pilot thing? So, wait, what do we do here? We're going to read the pilot. Have you not listened to this podcast, Josh? No, I've listened to literally every episode. I was more <laughs> trying to get into like the the real what the backstory is. Like, are you pitching me this and you're trying to get me to read it, or have I been cast in it already and we're going to do a table read, or are am I am I why would I be reading this whole script with you? I'm I'm expecting you to bring this to everyone you know. Uh, with the potential of yourself starring in it. Oh, okay. Right. And I mean, it could be animated. You want it to be animated? It can be stop motion. It can be stop motion. No, it's, I, it's, I don't, I don't it's, know. It's written to be stop motion. Oh, really? Yeah. So it's a, it's a sci-fi epic. It's a rip-roaring sci-fi adventure, uh, which the main character played by you doesn't really get humanity, and he does his own thing and thinks he's right all the time. I don't know if I like this idea. Well, it's what it's what I have. Josh. No, no. I... 
it would really help me out if you could just read it with me. <laughs> wait, wait. It's my last episode of the season. I don't. Uh, okay, okay. Well, <sighs> hold on. Hold on. Let's take it back. AJ, this, this pilot you sent me is so exciting. I don't know how I'm going to keep myself from leaking it before it gets picked up. We open on an intrepid archaeologist, Harry, and his android companion slash our hero, Josh18. That's right, our hero's an android, because this show takes place in the future. Glowing extraterrestrial runes decorate the walls of the cave. Josh18 seems uninterested in them, however, and is assembling some type of weird future technology as Harry leans in to examine the runes. Josh18, I need you to check your databases. I've never seen markings like this before. Josh 18 barely looks up from the device he's working on. Um, they're extraterrestrial runes. Oh, so you, you do have record of them in your database. Everything I say is in my database. Even the stuff I make up is in my database. I'm a robot. Oh, all right. Oh, sorry. I, I didn't mean to imply anything. Uh, you. I'm not trying to make you feel bad for not being PC about the fact that I'm a PC. I'm just explaining that my function's to you, so you don't ask me questions you should already know the answers to. Oh, right, of course, and a good, a, good, a good line read as well. So Harry stands awkwardly uh, wanting to ask Josh 18 a question uh, while well, Josh 18 continues to work on his device. So... Do I don't care about your social niceties. Just ask. No, so how, how do you know they're extraterrestrial? Good lord. They're glowing runes, and we're in a recently uncovered dig site in a time many decades after the year 2020. I'm not going to put a specific year on it, because I don't want people to act like I have a shitty predictive abilities when all I'm really trying to get across is sometime in the future. All right, yes, sir. The alien thing should be self-explanatory, then. I thought so. Uh, Also, there's that big alien right over there. The camera whip pans over to where Josh 18 points and we see a large monstrous looking alien staring at Josh 18 and Harry. Drool drips from his fangs as it lets loose a monstrous scream and lunges at Harry. Oh shit! The alien and Harry wrestle on the ground as Josh 18 puts the finishing touches on the thing he's been working on. Uh, Harry, Harry, Harry. Uh, What? Check this out. I just made this. Uh, Josh 18 holds up an immaculate looking gun device and starts making blaster noises. Good work, Josh 18. Uh, Harry holds out his hand as Josh 18 hesitates and looks at him with uh, quizzically as Harry continues to struggle with the alien. What, what are you do- waiting for, Josh 18? Give me the gun. Uh, this is mine. I'll give it back. Just hand it here for a second. All right, just don't mess it up. You appear to be in a precarious situation, and I spent a while on this. Josh 18 hands the gun to Harry, who kicks the alien squarely in the midsection, knocking him back just enough that the distance between the alien and the firearm has a sense of dramatic tension. This will teach you to mess with us, you alien scum. Harry attempts to fire the weapon, but nothing happens. Josh 18 looks on excitedly. What's wrong with this piece of crap? Nothing's wrong with it, it's perfect. You couldn't even tell it was a replica. Both Harry and the alien turn confused by Josh 18's statement. I constructed an exact replica of the blaster gun from Blade Runner. Why would you give me a replica gun? Because you demanded it. But the reason I showed it to you is because it's awesome. So there's no way to make this thing fire? 
Good lord, no. That would be incredibly dangerous. Just then, the alien creature unhinges his jaw and swallows Harry and the replica blaster he was still holding in one single swoop before disappearing into the darkness. This is why I don't let humans touch my things. And beep, bop, boop, beep, we cut to the theme song! Human beings aren't all that great. No, OS means no updates. It's best to be made of gears. Social norms don't get cheers. Robots have less programming than society. Even ones and zeros are less binary. Forget about the Macintosh, it's Josh. Hey, all right, yeah. Oh, we returned from that one, did <laughs> Just Josh 18. Now back at base camp. Uh, the head of the of the dig, Dr. Eileen Thunder, is laying into him. Uh, damn it, Josh 18. This is the seventh archaeologist we've had you with that's been killed by some sort of alien creature. That's a large percentage of the archaeologists on this project. <laughs> that's an unacceptable percentage. I'm glad we agree. They should have fired you after the sixth incompetent archaeologist you hired. I didn't get Harry killed! Sure, you might have just gotten him swallowed whole. He could still be kicking around in there. Oh, I highly doubt this alien's digestive system is similar to that of a cartoon whale. Cartoon whales aren't real. I know that. It'd be much more likely for the cartoon whale's digestive system to be based on this alien rather than the other way around. Biological organisms aren't generally based on works of fiction, Dr. Thunder. It was a joke! Good lord. You're joking about a man getting swallowed alive? You should really develop more empathy, Dr. Thunder. It might help you in the hiring process. You are decommissioned until further notice. Dr. Thunder storms out of the tent. From the back of the room, a series of robotic beeps are heard. Josh 18 turns around to see his time and dimension traveling best bud slash non-humanoid robot with tank treads instead of feet. AJ Schrader rolling around at the back of the room. Beep, bop, brutal. Ah, she really tore into you. Wait, she was angry? As a robot, I have difficulty understanding human emotions. Oh, right. Yeah, I'm also a robot, beep boop. So I'm, I'm not actually sure either, but she was she was either yelling or she had like a compressor on her voice so that the overall perception of the loudness was much higher. It's an audio thing. It's... Either way, I've got to find that alien. Oh, beep bop, buddy. I'd like to believe that the digestive tracks of cartoon whales have a real world basis as much as the next non-humanoid robot. But the probability is that Harry is, in fact, already dead. Well, yeah. So the chance of saving him and once again being returned to active duty is very low. I don't care about that. You're hoping to retrieve your blaster replica, aren't you? Well, it's either that or go through the whole effort of modifying another model kit for accuracy. Honestly, tracking down a hostile new species, infiltrating their culture, then potentially sifting through their waste product seems far less taxing. Well, beep, bop, booyah! <laughs> that sounds like a rip-roaring sci-fi adventure! Count me in! There's going to be stairs. Oh, damn, this non-humanoid design. All right, well, I guess instead I'll go ahead and try to get some legs and feet and stuff instead of these tank treads. I, just don't go meeting too many zany characters before I'm able to catch up with you. Don't worry, I'm socially awkward by design. Cut 
two, exterior of the dig site, entrance. Two zany, macho military types are standing just outside the entrance to the underground alien runes. Uh, there's an elevator type thing, but there's a sign that reads, warning, ancient steers after initial elevator entrance. So that way you know Josh 18 wasn't lying to his best bud. The macho military guys are pulling gear off of nearby shelves in preparation for their own rip and sci-fi adventure. Oh, uh, oh, this alien, is uh, he's not going to know what hit him. Hell yeah, I personally find it a little surprising how often these scientific discoveries end up needing a military detail, but I'm not complaining. Yeah, I'm going to blow right through that thing's midsection and uh, probably disintegrate anything he hasn't yet digested. Yeah, if this was a story about a dog eating an engagement ring, there wouldn't be any poop to sift through and the poor couple would continue to just date. Right, yeah, but if it was a dog, we'd let it live, right? Oh, hell yeah. A lot of people have told me that they would not be okay with us disintegrating their dog. Right, all right. Josh 18 approaches the entrance and walks immediately into the elevator without acknowledging the military guys who react with alarm. Whoa! Hey, whoa there, robot boy. Uh, just where do you think you're going? Uh, this elevator only has one destination. It's more or less a hole, which we've developed a device to safely descend. Well, it was a rhetorical question. I don't think that's true. Okay, well, only the person asking the question knows if it was meant to be rhetorical or not, so. Also not necessarily true, as evidenced by the fact that you asked the question and don't know. Well, I know. Okay, in that case, ask me again. What? Ask me a rhetorical question again. Uh, the military guy hesitates for just a second. Uh, they look at each other confused. Uh, all right, uh, just where do you think you're going? Josh stares at them completely motionless and unblinking, create a sense of stillness which human beings are incapable of. Well? Rhetorical questions don't get answered. All right, that's it. I'm going to blow this robot up. Military uh, guy number two grabs a large gun from the shelf and it begins to charge up with a sci-fi swell. Well, I'm on board with blowing this guy up. Uh, just use a different disintegrator. What's wrong with this disintegrator? That's, that's my disintegrator, so just use a different disintegrator. His disintegrators are standard issue. We check them out on a mission-by-mission mission basis. Yeah, but that's the one I normally check out, so, uh, you know. This is the lunch table thing all over again. Okay, listen, I don't care if you want to invite Gary to our table. Just don't give him my seat. It's not your seat. You take that back or I will blow up your dog. As the humans continue to argue, argue over the social expectations of uh, routine in spite of lack of written rules, Josh 18 hits the elevator button and begins his set into the runes. Cut to exterior, standard archaeological motor pool area. All right, AJ is rolling along towards the mechanic's tent, singing a little song to himself. A beep, bop, boop, beep, gonna get me some legs, gonna walk around, gonna do some kicks and shit, beep, boop, boop, bop, because not having legs is for suckers. As he turns the corner, he suddenly finds himself face to face with Jeffrey, the talking chief. He stops in his tracks, momentarily embarrassed. Hey, AJ. Ah, oh. hey, Jeffrey, the talking Jeep. I was just uh... singing a song about how not having legs is for suckers. AJ stares at the Jeep's tires. Yeah, uh, but but the next lyric was actually, uh, you know, unless, of course, you're friends with truckers. I'm not friends with any truckers. Really? Yeah, because I'm not a truck. I'm a Jeep. I'm Jeffrey, the talking Jeep. Right, yeah, so I guess you hang out with... Jeepers? That's not a thing. Yeah, it didn't... Didn't... Didn't sound like a thing. I'm actually glad I don't have legs. Uh, oh, oh, okay. You don't believe me. 
Well, I, I, I'm j- I just, I don't feel comfortable, like, commenting one way or another on that. I so could get legs if I wanted to. Yeah, I mean, sure, it's just that you, yeah. I, what? What What were you going to say? Well, I mean, you, you would look a little silly with legs. How dare you? You seriously think that your only non-humanoid robot that can pull off legs? Wait, oh, only, one, only one? No, no, no. It's just that you, well, well, you, well they're like, there'd be four of them, which, uh, that'd be, uh, that'd be, uh, it'd look, uh, it'd look a little weird. Yeah. You want weird, AJ? Jeffrey the talking Jeep will give you weird. Jeffrey drives off and up. AJ stands staring at him for a long beat before he begins trucking along and resumes singing to himself. Boop, beep, boop, boop, beep, boop. And with that awkward interaction in our rear view, we cut to commercial. <laughs> this season finale is being brought to you by Josh Mahan. In addition to giving up some of his time as well as his creative skills and making the podcast art for this dealie, uh, this guy actually tossed some money into the old money pot. Uh, money that I used on beer. Because sometimes that's what someone needs most in this world. So, uh, Stop judging how other people spend your generosity, you philanthropy micromanagers. Anyways, I forgot to ask Josh if he wanted me to mention anything specific, so I maybe just watch one of the many real projects he works on, such as The Shivering Truth Season 2. It's really more like he'd be giving you guys something, uh, since it's a bonkers visual feast, but if people don't watch it, Advertisers end up saying, ah, I don't, I don't care. I don't care if this is something worth existing. I need, to sell, I need to sell some goddamn slinkies and pop rocks. And then we as creatives, we, we stop getting to do what we love. So, so uh, watch your things. Uh, all right. Uh, I'm not going to ask you to donate to Venmo with a tip or anything, but maybe give me a, a review on iTunes this week. Uh, and you know what? Next season, I'll have a Patreon so that you assholes feel like you're getting something. Or maybe. That, that's what I'll do. Anyways, uh, let's get back to the last thing in my life I've been legitimately looking forward to because <laughs> this year's great! Alright! We return from that reminder that even people who are working on things they enjoy require money to survive in this world, and direct funding to artists helps uh, both practical and emotional hurdles, a.k.a. an intrusive ad, to see Josh 18 step out of the elevator doors revealing a set of alien stairs. There's a sign next to him that reads, Stairs, as promised, you dummies. Uh, The voices of Eileen Thunder, as well as another familiar voice, can be heard in the distance. The camera stays on Josh 18's face during the following interaction. Damn it, Josh 27. I told you not to signal for the zany military officers until we have actually located the alien threat. You're almost as bad as Josh 18. I didn't. Honestly, I probably wasn't even going to signal for the zany military officers once we did locate the alien. They make me uncomfortable. They do tend to have to reaffirm that they wouldn't disintegrate a dog with an alarming regularity. Yeah, just talking about it is very unlikely. Uh, So... Who do you suppose came down the elevator? I don't know. I'm also at the bottom of the stairs right now. Ah, yes. We should probably go up and see. We hear Dr. Thunder start to walk up the stairs as Josh 18 begins to look around for a place to hide and starts to step back into the elevator. But then Josh 27 chimes in again. I'll wait down here. You're just going to wait? Uh, What if there's an android I specifically forbid from active exploration or something up there? By the time we get back up there, whoever it is could have just stepped back into the elevator. But if we wait here, they have to come down the steps eventually, and we'll see them. Well, that's not very active. Correct. And if this were a fictional adventure, just waiting would make for bad television. 
but seeing as I'm a real robot in the future, waiting makes way more sense than running up and down stairs. Oh, all right. Well, if we're waiting, may as well listen to a podcast. Yeah, I'll play one out of my mouth speaker, because I'm a robot. <laughs> Josh 18 Fears Down is the sounds of a podcast that uh, may not have much momentum now, but is wildly popular in this future timeline, begins to stream out of the similarly designed Android below. Oh man, this is a good episode. Yeah. Josh 18 sits down at the top of the steps to listen to the masterpiece below as we cut to the mechanic's tent interior. AJ rolls into the mechanic's tent towards the back of the tent. Sparks fly as a team works on some giant project. A junior mechanic uh, eating deliciously bold Doritos walks up as AJ enters. Ah, uh, beep bop. All right, all right, Geppetto. Time to make AJ a real beep bop boy. Get out of here, AJ. I told you a thousand times. I'm not going to give you a mouth and taste buds. Doritos are only for humans. Oh, beep bop buzzkill. As disappointing as that is, I'm not here for a mechanical mouth and taste buds. This time, I'm in need of some legs or gams, as we often cheekily call them in the future, because that stuff comes back around. What an oddly popular request today. I can order some, but unfortunately, we just used the last four we had in stock. Ah, damn, that's a... Wait, did you say four legs? From the back of the room where all the sparks were, Jeffrey the Jeep suddenly rises up in all his four-legged glory. You might think it ended up looking uh, kind of cool, sort of like an AT-AT, but it, it does not. It looks looks uh, weird, like a, like a Jeep with oddly human legs. Well, 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 look who made it to the party. Wow, they've made those modifications incredibly fast. Well, we are tradesmen in the future. Uh, mechanics break for lunch. The mechanics all kick on the rocket packs that they've been wearing this whole time and fly off to lunch, leaving AJ and Jeffrey alone in the tent. I warned you, AJ. I told you I'd make it weird. Ah, uh, you, you, you know, Jeffrey, I wanted the legs because I was worried that without them, I was going to miss out on meeting all sorts of zany characters. But now I know that's not the case. I'm glad it could help you realize that even if you can't go on every adventure, there's always an adventure to be had. Oh no, sorry. That's no. That is. That's not. The, that's not the lesson I learned. I. I mean, I haven't enjoyed our interactions at all. I thought we had a kind of fun rivalry thing going on. Uh, yeah, maybe before, but I, I find you hard to look at now. Uh, the, the the thing I actually learned is that I don't need legs because this is the future, and I probably also have been wearing a rocket pack this whole time. AJ activates the rocket pack he's been wearing the whole time and floats into the air. Ah, so long, you four-legged monster. I'm going to teach some alien stairs about the power of controlled flight. AJ blasts out of the tent with his rocket pack as Jeffrey the four-legged jeep storms off after him in a fit of anger. Cut to interior, the underground ruins. Josh 18 is still sitting at the top of the steps as the other Josh and Dr. Eileen Thunder finish listening to the podcast below. All right, who's ever up there? I know that might not have seemed like a season finale, but that's it. That was the last episode of the podcast. Now come down these stairs and show yourself or else we're going to go ahead and dive into five hours of the vastly inferior second season. Josh 18 stands to acknowledge this threat. All right, fine. I'm coming down. Just don't subject me to that sophomore slump. 
Josh 18 finally walks down the steps where Dr. Thunder and Josh 27 are waiting. Dr. Thunder looks back and forth at the two nearly identical Joshes, or, or uh, Josh I, if they're of Latin origin. Uh, well, aren't you two going to nod at each other or something? Why would we do that? I just, you know, I figured you two knew each other. Good lord, what? I'm Josh 27, and I'm Josh 18. Good lord. Why would a late 20s Josh like I am know a Josh from the late teens series? Seriously, Dr. Thunder, he's nine Joshes or Josh I after me. You can at least acknowledge each other, like, like when I wave at someone with the same type of futuristic car as me. Further evidence that humans are hung up on the superficial. I'm a little surprised I'm saying this considering how different we are, but Josh 27 brings up a good point. You guys aren't that different. Uh, hello, I'm Josh 27. I like collecting old video games. And I'm Josh 18. I like model building. Our interests couldn't be further apart on the Josh spectrum of activities, just like our voices. <laughs> Don't talk down to me, Josh 18. You're not even supposed to be down here. I, I should have you disassembled for such blatant disregard of orders. I leave as soon as I retrieve my replica weapon from the stomach of the alien who ate my former patterner. Patterner. That is a perfect line read, by the way. It is, based on the typing. Ah, oh, this, this, this is a completely new creature to us. Who knows how long it could take to track him down? Not long. He's right over there. The camera whip pans to where Josh 18 is pointing to reveal the same alien as in the first scene. The, the scene cut backs to the two Joshes and the doctor as Josh 27 starts booking it far, far away from the alien and the unrelenting responsibilities of the world as to not get eaten. And also so I don't have to deal with trying to figure out how to like make clear which Josh is which. Josh 18 uh, turns to acknowledge the, eight, the alien. Do you have my replica? The alien unhinges his jaw and swallows both Josh and Dr. Thunder. Ho ho ho! Cut to exterior, the top of the elevator. The two uh, zany military guys now have a whiteboard and are trying to work on some type of agreement. Alright, I won't make a big deal about you taking my normal parking space on days you ride your futuristic uh, car instead of your futuristic motorcycle due to rain, and you agree to save me a regular spot at a lunch table as long as I bring my own camping chair, right? Yes, but it has to be a normal camping chair, not one of those big ones with the reclining features that make it look like you're better at relaxing than everybody else. All right, that was a good call. It's good you brought that up because it was definitely going to be that style, so that was a good note. Uh, the alarm on military guy's one wrist begins to flash. Oh, holy crap. Uh, that's a signal from Josh 27. Uh, they must have encountered the alien. Let's go. Hold on a second there. Looks like we got something coming in at 4 o'clock. The zany military guys raise their binoculars to see a robot AJ speeding towards them with a badass jet jetpack. But right behind him is Jeffrey the four-legged talking jeep with a murderous rage in his eyes. Come back here, AJ. I'm gonna kick your ass. I'm gonna kick your ass four times because I have that many legs. Ah, sorry, Jeffrey. Generally, uh, when I'm separated from my friends for this amount of time, they're in some kind of final high-stakes situation. I don't really have time to resolve things with you. Cut back to the zany military guys as they lower their binoculars. Oh, my God. Is, is that flying robot being chased by a really weird and giant dog? Even better. It has four legs like a dog. But even a glancing look at this thing would let people know it's definitely not a dog. Oh, what in that case, let's light him up. Jeffrey has almost caught up to AJ. Uh, I almost said he uh, grabs AJ, but then I remembered, wait a second, what's he going to grab him with? This guy, this guy, he's only, he's, he's all legs. So, uh, suddenly bolts of energy come flying at him, uh, disintegrating his legs, but the rest of him is fine. Uh, just in case anyone feels like a strongly 
about Jeeps as they do about dogs. AJ zips past the military guys and onto the elevator as they continue to scream and fire wildly. Cut to interior, uh, the cartoon whale-like stomach of the alien. The inside of this alien's stomach appears to be much larger than his exterior because, you know, it's sci-fi cartoon whale shit. Josh awakens as a disheveled Harry from the first scene gives him a shake. Josh, Josh, you beautiful bastard, you came to rescue me. I think you've misread the situation. Where is my replica? I, I lost it while being swallowed. It, it, it could be anywhere. The, this creature's insides appear to be based on some type of cartoon whale. That's exactly what he's based off of. Josh and Harry turned to see Dr. Eileen Thunder huddle in a corner, racked with guilt. I tried to play it off as a joke when I mentioned it before because I worried Josh 18 was too close to actually realizing the truth that this creature isn't actually an alien at all. It's a genetically engineered life form, a life form that I helped construct with the alien technology we discovered Good in Lord, I don't care about your contrived conspiracy plot line that you're attempting to shoehorn in for no reason. I just want my Blade Runner gun back. Even if we found it, we still wouldn't have a way out of here. I'm a robot, so that's not actually an urgent need for me. Just then, we hear the sound of a jetpack in the distance. Suck it, stairs! You're not the boss of me! Oh shit, that's an alien right there that I see. I, I better blow a hole through him just in case he has my friends trapped inside. <laughs> As the alien lets loose a primal scream, AJ bursts through his midsection, appears in the distance of the interior of the alien's cartoon whale-like stomach. Uh, hurry, guys, before the paradoxical space collapses in on itself with science. Oh my god, he's right. That is how science works. But we'll never make it to the other side of this whale, uh, like space and time. Good lord, doctor. You've forgotten this is the future, which means we've probably been wearing jetpacks this whole time. Uh, Dr. Thunder and Harry both look at their backs to discover Josh 18 is correct. They nod and kick on the packs as the interior of the alien begins to collapse in on itself. As they fly, Josh 18 catches a glint of metal in the distance. He activates his futuristic robot sight to discover, holy shit, it's his Blade Runner replica. He immediately changes directions and makes a dive for it. Josh 18, no, there's no way you'll live. Then again, who does? It, oh, is that a Blade Runner reference? Is that a quote? Because if it is, I, I should look that up. I've never actually watched it all the way through. So AJ does some calculations as Josh reaches the gun and begins to once again flying towards the hole. Okay, yeah, I looked it up. It, it was, it was something Gaff says. That's apparently Edward James Olmos' character in the movie. And now I am going down a bit of a rabbit hole looking up for young Edward James Olmos pictures. And you're still not at the escape hole yet. So it is, it is not looking good. Harry, the doctor and AJ exit the hole to avoid the collapse, leaving Josh alone with his gun replica. I'm sorry, Blade Runner gun replica. I failed you. We'd need some type of deus ex machina to get us out of this now. Wait a minute. I'm a machine. Maybe I can save you. Josh 18 looks down at his Blade Runner gun to discover it too has been wearing a rocket pack this whole time. He debates using it since the real Blade Runner gun didn't have a rocket pack. And he strives for accuracy, but he, he decides it's worth it this one time and flips it on. He watches as the gun makes it through the hole, but he doesn't. Cut to interior of the underground ruins. Uh, Dr. Thunder, Harry, and AJ stand over the, the dying uh, not-quite-alien as the gun comes flying out and whizzes past them. The alien gives a one last breath, and then there's a moment of silence as they realize Josh 18 didn't make it. Well, at least he died doing what he loved. 
carrying about replicas at an unhealthy level. They all nod in agreement. When suddenly, in a dramatic swell, an arm reaches out from the carcass and Josh 18 miraculously pulls himself out like an umbrella stand in Mary Poppins. Josh 18, you made it, but how? Futuristic technology. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, that would be the thing. Yeah, so I'll go ahead and take my Blade Runner replica now and we can wrap this up. Oh, right. Yeah, I saw that fly out. I'm not sure it landed, but I'm sure we'll find it. From out of the shadows, we see the gun slowly lift into the air by a bloody arm that looks like it was once attached to a military guy, but is now attached to a jeep as Jeffrey the Jeep slowly reveals himself. Oh, yeah. I think you'll be seeing it real soon. And with that super creepy sci-fi cliffhanger, we roll credits. Boom. Yeah, that's it. We did it. It's a perfect show. <laughs> this is the end that's it that's it for the first episode you know once it gets picked up we get to continue that storyline well i mean with a cliffhanger like this i mean how could it not right that's because that's that's all it really takes to get a second episode right when you write a pilot if you've got a cliffhanger, it's going to get picked up. Yeah, because the, they're going to be like, I will pay any amount of money to find out what happens next. Right, because they're just making it for them. And they've seen, like, they don't want to see a show and not get to know the ending. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but you write you write shows too, right? Well, I did this one pilot um, for this podcast called I Wrote You a Pilot. What? Um, but maybe we'll get into that later. Oh, oh, that's what a cliffhanger. (laughs) (laughs) All right, that's it, everybody. Episode's over. Well, that concludes the first season of I Wrote You a Pilot. Uh, This weird project has really helped keep me going during this hellscape of a year, so I truly appreciate you taking the time to listen to this, even if it was for just a single episode. However, that level of appreciation is dwarfed compared to the level of gratitude I feel towards everyone who actually helped sponsor this podcast so that it wasn't just a total hemorrhage of money. Uh, And I also want to send a special thank you to all my guests this season who lended their time and talents. Season 2 will most likely start airing around the new year, but there just might be a few bonus episodes between now and then, so please stay subscribed. Also, if you know any TV hotshots, don't hesitate to repeatedly spam them with links to various episodes. Alright, I gotta go get a real job now. Bye guys.